everyone, and welcome to Medium Cool, a movie podcast. I'm your host, Austin Glidden, and as always, you can find us on social media at Medium Cool Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can search facebook.com backslash Medium Cool Pod. Search Medium Cool Pod on Instagram, and we'll pop up, and at Medium Cool Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at mediumcoolpod at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, follow wherever you're listening to this. Please follow us and you know keep up with all things Medium Cool. Leave a rating, leave a review, whatever you're willing to do. We appreciate you. Um, that was a lot of rhyming right there. I gotta, I gotta really get that down. That's good. So today I'm going to have an old friend of mine on. I'm very excited about this. Okay. We had a few technical difficulties. We had a few, um, you know, non-disclosure agreement stories that I had to cut out, unfortunately, but we'll see if, uh, we'll see how that plays out in the future. Um, but anyway, so, uh, my friend Lisa Ermel, old Lise is going to, uh, hang out with us here in just a moment. Uh, she, she's absolutely the best. I love her to death. We did a short film together back in, I don't know, 2011 or something. Um, and I just recently showed a friend of mine this short film. Uh, it's just super, super weird. It's kind of what put her back in my mind. I was like, man, I gotta have her on the show. She can talk about acting, whether it's on stage or in like different forms of media and different things like that. So we're going to be focusing mostly on that. I'm also going to have Lise back on, uh, you know, probably in a couple of weeks uh, to talk about, to kind of do our uh, belated Pride Month episode, because I want to talk about movies uh, created by or starring or depicting uh, like the Pride community, right? And so I just think it would be really awesome. And as you hear Lisa's story, you'll understand why I'm going to have her uh, on for that. I think it'd be great. Next week, we're planning on um, doing a kind of a celebration of James Caan. So we're going to talk about a couple of his films. I don't know which ones they are yet because the person coming on next week, uh, we have not kind of agreed on titles yet. So uh, we'll get that taken care of. Just know it's going to be good. And uh, if they don't choose it, I'm going to choose Thief. So that should definitely be talked about. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. I just want to jump into my conversation with uh, Lise and uh, hopefully... You guys enjoy it, and uh, again, pardon the technical difficulties. There are uh, some weird things going on with the mic um, and things. We're going to get that fixed before she comes on next time, um, but hey, we got to work with what we have, right? So uh, yeah, this is uh, this is my conversation with Lisa Ermel. All right, everyone, I am here with my old friend young in spirit all right um this is lisa ermel uh she is and she is so many things i will let her introduce herself in just a moment um but we've known each other for a very long time i'm gonna start this um i remember uh we had a lot of mutual friends and i can't remember why we were friends but we were in a psychology class together oh my god and you had a big leg cast on Oh my god! And, <laughs> and I just remember you joking about how hairy your leg was, and like you kept trying to scratch it with things. <laughs> it was the greatest Hello. ever. But I, <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, we were we were having a great time though, because what else were you going to do in that class? It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we, I mean, I we became friends through this class and through other friends and. Um, I'm just really happy that we can still do things like this. This is fantastic. Yeah. We've made short yeah. film, well, a short film together, which you uh-huh. were very, you were very gracious to do. <coughs> I actually just showed it to a friend of mine uh, uh-huh. who's been staying with us, and uh, it just made me, you know, think to do this. So, uh, I, I introduce yourself a little bit. T- tell us what you do um, sure. and all the things, and then we'll yeah. kind of move into it. Yeah, for sure. So, hello, my name's Lisa. <laughs> For the people who don't know, hi, Austin. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, Very happy and grateful to be here. Um, I, yes, I, the correct way to say my name is Ermel. I just remembered, like, I've, since moving out here, I've now pronounced it Ermel. (laughs) (laughs) And I just heard you say Lisa Ermel, and I was like, oh, my God, I haven't, I haven't heard that in so long. Um, So, I'm Lisa Mel now. <laughs> uh, I like go. to be called at least. That's my nickname. Um, my pronouns are they, she, he. 
I am, uh, any are good. I usually reserve he for when I do drag, uh, which is few and far between, but um, they or she is great. I, uh, what do I need to say? I'm an actor, yes. I'm an actor, I'm a singer, I'm a writer, um, and a singing coach. I coach mostly, mostly singing. Here and there I'll do some acting coaching or yoga um, coaching, but um, mostly singing coaching. So, what, what, is the, uh, what kind of singing are you coaching? I mean, like, yeah. is it anything specific or is it just kind of general singing lessons? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, um, so my specialty is um, I am trauma-informed, and that means that I have a um, – my approach is a bit more patient, I think. <laughs> it, it is a bit more patient. There's a lot more awareness about uh, – awareness of power dynamics, Um in the relationship, you know, so if I'm working with someone, say, who is BIPOC, then it's like I, I, I'm aware of how I've had more privilege than them in, in the way, in the language I use and things like that, um, etc. Um, and a lot of it is I mostly work with beginners, actually. I work with, I think my thing is that I work with non-singers. Um, yeah. I work with non-singers and performers who struggle with stage fright and performance anxiety because that is something that I've in the past really struggled with. So um, I love it. I love it. This was a, a pandemic shift. This was a one of, you know, I feel like we all had some kind of <laughs> large or small just like turnaround. Uh, and so this was definitely a an unfortunate silver lining that I I am. Um, gained from yeah the pandemic the yeah pandemic, i mean that actually that's that's a, a great thing to bring up i'm, I'm gonna make a note of that because we'll put a pin in it okay uh, and and come back to that because the pandemic great. did change a lot i mean this this uh this uh, uh entire podcast was birthed out of the pandemic mm. you know what i'm saying so i love that um yeah there, there's there's a lot going on here yeah we already talked about how we met a little bit briefly mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um and and just you know meeting in school and having a lot of mutual friends but I, well, something I've never known is how you even got started into in acting, or why yeah. you were even interested in acting. Yeah. Um, and and actually, let me start here. How did you end up in the Midwest? Because you're you're a Canadian. <laughs> yeah. So what's going yeah. on, Lisa or Mel? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, well, we moved to Wisconsin when I was five. Um, I had actually experienced something traumatic. Uh, back in Toronto, originally from Toronto, and um, my family thought it would be best to, I think, like my, as far as I know, my mom wanted to be around her family, and my grandma was living there, you know, so we went to, we lived, uh, moved to Wisconsin when I was five, so that's how I ended up there, um, and then I started acting, so actually the very first performance of, very first performance of mine was uh, I played a character called Computerella, which was a computer nerd version of Cinderella. That uh, for so my, awesome. I think it was like my fourth or fifth grade, <laughs> fourth or fifth grade class, um, and I played the nerdy version of Cinderella before she turned into the princess. Someone else played that part. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Talk about like putting some kind of a complex <laughs> in a kid because yeah. um, I was I was I was very shy I was quite I had huge glasses like braces hairy legs <laughs> ever since that when I was a little kid um, <laughs> so uh, yeah that was my first that was my first thing I guess and I, since then it was it was all I wanted to do I started doing community theater um, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And um, that was, I mean, honestly, I just did as many as I could. I think I've, I did like three shows a year since I was in sixth grade. So, wow. um, yeah, it's really been, uh, for me at the time, it was, um, to be honest, I really, it, it kept me out of the house. I didn't really want to be home. And I, 
was at church a lot in my after school hours and this was a non-church activity and I just loved the community aspect yeah. of it. The, the the theater is unlike any other industry. Uh, I, th I, th I mean, and even I would say film and TV, it's just very, oh, sure. yeah, it's absolutely magical what can happen yeah. when a group of people come together and make something collaborate and share it yeah we have a we have a civic theater here it's very small mm -hmm. i'm in lafayette okay. in indiana and uh we have a really small civic theater here but we're friends with several of the people who act mm. at this theater yeah. and watching how they all it's like a commune you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> yeah uh they're just yeah. uh it, there's just something very kind of special about that group of people uh, yeah. that differs from uh, from others, and it uh, yeah maybe it is has something to do with that kind of uh, communal storytelling. You're all kind of bringing this thing together. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so interesting. So, you, of course, you did uh, a lot of stage stuff. I saw mm -hmm. you at the college we went to mm -hmm. um, do some work, and uh, you did a. I mean, you've done a lot of that from what I've seen. I mean, that's like yeah. the dominant thing it seems that you've done, mm -hmm. um, but. When it comes to any kind of video work, whether it's uh, whether it's advertising, um, TV, film, anything, if you've done anything like that, what, uh, how has that worked in your life? Do you enjoy that? Is that something that you want to do? Or are you just a stage <laughs> queen? You know what right, I'm saying? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I I I have love film and TV, and I mean I can't speak for TV yet because I haven't I haven't quite aligned with a casting um, yeah. choice for that yet. But I, I'll be honest, it has not been easy, the transition from stage to screen. Um, in, in Indiana, I did um, a whole bunch of really silly regional commercials. Um, yeah, like I had a, I, I did a commercial for a car uh, what are they called? Where you sell cars? A dealership. <laughs> Not a, a dealership. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I did uh, a series. I did a series of commercials for this car dealership called True Worth Auto. Don't look it up. <laughs> um, but like literally everyone. I mean, just everyone. They they've been running. They were running for years. Um, and I really liked that. And I really, you know, the film circuit the film you know film is not nearly as accessible at least it wasn't for me in indiana and i'm sure that's changed as everything does um but um you know i, I remember auditioning for some films and um i did a couple little little things but really in, in indiana it was all stage and then out here when i so i came out to los angeles for grad school um i went to usc for uh, acting for my master's and I, I mean, of course, for me, that was like, okay, that's my ticket into the film and TV industry, you know, or like, I'm going to get training for acting for screen there. I'm going to get, you know, um, so that was my real first introduction to acting for the screen. Um, Is that how that worked? Like when you went there, they were like, all right, cool. We're going to, you can do some stage, but you're going to learn how to be a well-rounded actor here. Is that kind of how it was or... Like, or was that just your own personal motivation? Um, yeah, no, I think, I mean, it was definitely a theater program. Everything, you know, even like in class, everything is like, a, a, you know, on a stage or it's, it's, we did sh a show a semester. Our, our thesis, our final, um, project was doing a three play repertory. Um, but I, they definitely, of course, I mean, it's Los Angeles, you know, and, um, they, you know, they connect you with some of the film, the, the, the cinematic school of cinematic arts, um, students, which, um, sure. so yeah, it was all of a sudden I was doing all these short films and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I would see them and be, and be like, what am I doing? Like, yeah, yeah. like what, what? Oh my God. I'm never going to be a star. Like, I don't know. I just, it was very, you know, but I did definitely have this mindset because it is a great, it's a top 10, I believe school. And I think it's very, uh, in terms of acting programs and, um, 
I just, I definitely had this, you know, very rose colored, rose colored lensed idea that once I graduated, I was going to just get my big break, Yeah, you know? And, it's the um, dream. Yeah, it really is. And also, I mean, that's not, and, and to be completely honest, that's not why I went there. I went there because when I went for the callback weekend, um, it was, I just, being in the room with the teachers, there's a man named Andrew Robinson who started the USC, the MFA program, who you would know him from Dirty Harry. He played the bad guy yep. in Dirty Harry. Yeah. Um, and he was also on Star Trek. He played, um, oh God, one of the main, I mean, uh, you, you, if you looked him up, yeah, look up Andrew Robinson's Star Trek. You'll know. Exactly oh, who I'm he is. on it. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so he studied with Jersey Grotowski, who is a, um, a method of acting. Grotowski is a very physical method of acting and um i just man i remember sitting in his so a callback for the callback weekend what you do is you don't get up and do monologues in front of people because conservatory style programs are ensemble um driven ensemble based so you know they pick from nine to 13 or however many students so it's a lot of just like rolling around on the ground doing movement exercises and then people are just watching you (laughs) and it's just bizarre (laughs) you know like it's bizarre and i just remember sitting there and getting no you know him coaching us and walking us through these warm-ups and just like I, I need to go here, whether it's not this year or next, it's going to be, I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to get into this program because he was electric. He was electric. And he just like things that he said, just like reached into my soul, you know, like, and just yeah. grabbed me. And I was like, okay, this is who I need to study with, you know? Um, that was a hard, so, that was a hard choice for you though. It was. If I remember correctly. I mean, yeah. uh, we weren't like in direct content. I mean, just because I think at that time you lived in Indianapolis or something like just uh-huh. kind of yeah. like further away. And yep. um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was different. But it was I do remember hearing that it was a just a difficult thing because that I mean, that's a hard choice. You're yeah. packing up and you're literally moving cross country. Yeah. On like a dream. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, what was Absolutely. that? What was and that like to go? become in more debt (laughs) yeah (laughs) like this is a like i said this is a conservatory program so like this isn't like a i don't this isn't a um oh for a stipend you teach undergrads kind of a thing like you're only getting trained you're only in so um and at that point they didn't have as much funding as they do now like now they're able to like yale and all these other programs offer full rides but when i was going like no so i was like fuck it. I'm not going to pay off my student debt anyway. So, you know, unless I become whatever. Um, so yeah, I, it was really difficult because for many reasons I was in Indianapolis for six years and really just built my, built an acting career there. I was, um, working at all the, so I became, I got my equity card, which is the state uh, actors equity association is the, is the SAG AFTRA for stage, Um, I got, I was working, man, it was just, I had such, it was such a privilege to be able to consistently be working in this town. Um, yeah. So it was, and I, I, and again, that community again, it's, it was a family. I, I was in a long-term relationship that I was like, what is this going to do to that? But, you know, I, um, There's something in the Midwest that I experienced that is this kind of a um, humility, uh, like a, there's like a humble brag or I don't know how to, I don't know how to find the words for it. It's this, I don't want to be too big or, you know, oh, it's, I'm just, you know, little me. And so I can't move out and try to go make it big. And a lot of people would be like, oh, you go to LA to be famous. You don't go to LA to be a real actor. New York is where the real actors are. And actually, I think it was what I was always told was Chicago is where the real actors are. New York is where you go to sing and dance and be on stage. And then LA is where you just go to get famous. 
And so there was always this very negative connotation. And I'd never been. I had never even been out to LA ever. Yeah. So I I always just heard this. Um, yeah, I always heard that. So I was like, well, I don't want to seem like I only want to become famous. And, you know, I, I'm about the work and struggling and, you know, and yeah. well, that's it can be about the work and not struggling as well, you know? Yeah. So, um, I, it was, yeah. So the, just for many reasons and imposter syndrome and just thinking, you know, that I would never be able to make it big out there. And, you know, so I really liked my big fish in a little pond situation. Um, and well, I think, don't you yeah. think part of it is also like, I'm not saying that you think you were the best here, but like when I, so I had a job before I started working in, in higher education again. Yeah. Uh, I was just when I first moved to Lafayette, I just started working at like a, a screen printing shop just to get a yeah. job to make it until I get where I want to go. Right. And I actually loved that job so much. I stayed there for years, like mm -hmm. two, three years something like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, and I was criminally underpaid for my education. You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I have like my master's degree and and I'm mean, I have so much education at this point. Like I should be a doctor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm sitting Absolutely. here getting paid just like peanuts. You know what I'm saying? And so, and I love that job though. So I stayed. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking when I would talk to people, man, I really, I really want to go. You know, start working with uh, college students again. I'll teach. I'll advise. I'll do something. Mm -hmm. I just want to. I want to be with them. That's where my heart is. And I just remember thinking I could be an advisor, for example. Mm -hmm. But. I just don't feel like I would be – I feel like I'd be a middle of the road. Well, I think I'd be a great advisor, but I mean like there are a lot of great advisors is what I'm getting at. Yeah. But here at the print shop, I'm the best here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying I was better than other people. That's not what I mean. But I mean, like, I was really fucking good at my job, okay? Yeah. And yeah. so it was like I had, I had built – like almost a security in I have already given you so much you can't do this without me right or so I felt and it's really hard to like yeah. leave that and think I could just be another cog right like I could be just like another thing yeah. in this big machine uh, I get that I, I see yeah. you there for sure it's scary yeah it's scary and it's also I mean I I do just want to say that, I mean, there's sometimes this um, perspective, uh, perspective, sometimes there's, this, let me try that again. Sometimes there's this perspective that uh, Midwest or regional actors aren't real actors. Like, I just, I just want to say this because this is something that I believed, I bought into the, I believed too, which is why, again, I didn't move out to LA, you know? Um, it's just a different life. It's just a different life. Like that's really it, you know? And so, um, I don't know why I felt the need to say that to like advocate no. for my, for my friends back, back at <laughs> Indy. But I, I mean, truly it's like, I, I just want to say that it wasn't that I was like, I'm better than this and I want to go out and, you know, it was truly just like, for me, I am tired of winter. <laughs> I'm tired of winter and I want training and I want to try to see if I can make a bigger career out of it, right? And I'm not saying you were saying that. I'm just, I just want to say this because I've never had the chance to say it, um, like, yeah. publicly or whatever. So Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but why do you, I, think, why do you yeah. think that exists, though? Yeah. I, I kind of hate that, if I'm honest. Oh, absolutely. I, I, hate, I hate this idea it's... that, um, like, if you do theater, you have to end up in New York, which I'm, mm -hmm. you mentioned Chicago, and I've heard that as well. But yeah. traditionally in my brain, I think theater is New York, yeah. Film is L.A. Absolutely. And then if you want to uh, like, honestly, the only people I know that ever mentioned Chicago is uh, improv people. So yeah. it's like if you want to get on SNL, go to Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. sort of a thing. So um, like all my improv friends are in Chicago right now. No joke. Like that's that. All of yeah. my theater friends minus you right. um, are in New York and yeah. all my movie friends. I have a friend that went to AFI and he's. It's the same thing, you know. He he went to AFI as a screenwriter. He did a ton of work, graduated. He has a an agent. Still trying, I know. <laughs> you know. Like yeah. it's it's a it's a killer world in that environment where there's such a saturation of of performers and things. And I love that you have these other things that you also yeah. supplement your talents with. Yeah. By have like teaching these things, 
But what is that? What, what kind of toll does that take on you as a performer? You know what I mean? Uh, just knowing that it's so oversaturated, knowing that, and I don't mean to be a bummer. I'm just being real no. here. Oh you know, God, like no. up to this point, that dream, yeah. right? No matter yeah. how naive or or uh, what's the word, um, optimistic it may have been, I would have yeah. done the same thing. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, like what is what is that toll though? Or have you just kind of evolved into saying, no, 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 I'm finding the things mm. I want to do. Mm. Wow, that's a lot to think about. I really like those questions. Um, well, first, I want to rewind just a tiny bit and answer the first yeah. the first thing you mentioned. Like, why is that? Like, why do we have that? You yeah. know. And the answer I think is capitalism. I absolutely think that we've been conditioned to think that if you're not famous and if you don't have the most money, that means that you aren't good or good enough to have that, those things. Um, there's also, I mean, I think a lot of it also has to do with ignorance, right? Like all we see, I remember even like all I would see from my friends who were in LA were their crisp, clean headshots and their, you know, real, their like clips they would share. And it all looked so glamorous, like in front of the step and repeats with the dress and, you know, and, um, you don't see the grind. Like you don't see that and you don't yeah. see how, how much work all of these actors out here are doing to, to try to 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 make it right and so i think that if th that there is that um if you're not th if you don't know it then you're only going to see what people let you see right or what yeah. you see on the news or whatever so um and yeah i just think it's a you know it's capitalism has caused us to have this classist this view on on people in the world that um that having money means you're good and successful yeah so, and there's, yeah. it, it's also really difficult with, um, which I agree with. I get what you're saying there. I totally get yeah. that. Yeah. <clears throat> I also think it's like the battle of the, the, uh, art versus, uh, business. You oh, know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, um, God, because yeah. how many Oof. times have you seen, uh, people in like an independent film, they do this great thing. It hits all the festival circuits. Um, and it's this, this actor is awesome. Right. Yeah. And then you see them in like the next Marvel movie and you're like, why do they suck now? You know, I mean, not yes. that they have to suck. I'm not saying that as a complete <laughs> no, thing, but I'm just yeah. saying it could be any, it could literally be any Absolutely. big studio movie. And, and it uh -huh. feels like they get squashed sometimes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I could see that being part of it too. Don't you think? Which again, you know, could tie into what you said as well uh, yeah. with the, uh, just in a different way with the capitalism yeah. part. Absolutely. But it does it does seem like maybe that's a thing. Like there's almost a, yeah. a purist nature to it where it's like, no, no, yeah. no, I want to I want to do this. It could also just be that people get really pissy about not wanting to move to L.A. Yeah. And knowing that in order to do some of these things, you have to. And I don't mm. blame them because I never Absolutely. wanted to go to L.A. So like, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I was studying film and all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah. And I just didn't want to, I didn't want that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it, it would be really easy for me to be like, oh, you don't need that. You know what I mean? And I don't blame anybody for yeah. it. It makes a lot yeah. of sense to me is what I'm getting at. So yeah, um, yeah there is a lot to that, I guess. I don't know. Now I'm like unpacking it's, all of this. I know, I'm like it's talking, a lot. But I'm super glad that we're talking about it because I, I haven't thought like, I, yeah, I don't think I've ever had the opportunity to, to try to articulate what it is that, that creates that dynamic and it creates and it's really harmful to artists i think in general because then it creates this you know again like if you're not if you don't have money if you're not rich and famous then you're not good as an artist but and, yeah. and so then it creates a bit of a lack of dis of respect for how important we are yeah yeah and and also the the idea of of money being a an indicator of one's knowledge or talent of something is yeah. so problematic. I know. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, not even just on like a social scale, just like like <laughs> you know, not even that. It's just like, dude, you could be a basketball player, and you could just make a movie because they paid you two million, like yeah, forty yeah, million yeah, dollars yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. And that does not mean that they're more talented than you, Lise. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. 
Anyways, I don't know. Yeah. I'm gonna go on like a random rant about that for no reason. But but no. But tell me about like the the toll that this takes on you. Though. Yes. I mean, do you have any feelings about that? Oh. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> no one can see all like the 14 faces you just made in like three seconds <laughs> it's a journey <laughs> uh, yeah i oh boy i am um i have a lot of feelings i have a lot of thoughts how much time do we have uh i okay so I would say I am no stranger to the hustle. Um, throughout my 20s, it was like I was working three or four jobs, always auditioning, trying to do a show. You know, I have done over 50 plays and musicals in my lifetime. Um, and I, it's, it's different. It's a different kind of, <laughs> it's, it, it is literally, so like I learned this regional theater uh, career, what that takes and what it looks like and the relationships and you know, whatever. And then coming out here, I mean, it is just, it is really, um, you have to relearn the whole, in, you have to learn, relearn an entirely new industry, let alone, yeah. and I'm just talking about that business part, right? You have to completely relearn. Um, yeah. And the, and dealing with the sheer size of it all being different than what you're used to. Right. So it can be, it, I mean, it, it can be very overwhelming and, um, frustrating because it's not just about talent and it never is. It never is. As far as I, you know, my knowledge, I've been out here since 2015. Um, and the first three years were in school. So that was actually really great that I had a launch pad. Like that was like a landing place and then something that I could launch off of. Right. Um, and to get that, to gain a, a, an LA community, right. And mentors and, you know, stuff like that was really, really helpful. Um, I, I would say nothing can compare, uh, nothing can prepare you for, the lived experience, like everything, right? Like they can tell you over and over and over again in school what to look out for, what to work on, you know, whatever. But you don't know, especially you don't, because everyone's so different, right? I, I mean, it was, I, so, man, where do I begin? I, you would, okay. So talking about going from stage to screen, right? Yeah. I went into, so I had a very hard time in acting for film classes. Um, and I had a very hard time, like I mentioned, doing these little short films for uh, the cinematic arts students. Like I would see it back and just be like, why is my face contorting like that? Why am I f trying to force an emotion like that? Why am I, I mean, and I was just like, look, I, and I just uh, um, had a really hard time watching myself. Can, can I stop you there real quick, though? This is of really course. important. So I, I teach yeah. comm classes, right? I teach public yeah. speaking courses. I teach uh, all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. And one of the things that I used to do when I taught at Ball State um, and now teaching where I do, uh, one of the things that I really want to bring back, because I haven't done that uh, in at where I am now, but I want to make them watch their speech videos and do self-evaluations. Yeah. Because it's the most painful freaking thing for you to ever do, and yeah. it's the greatest because Absolutely. there's so many idiosyncratic things that are happening, all of these yeah. subconscious uh, little ticks that you have that you don't notice that when you're actually uh, aware of them, they mm -hmm. can actually be – they can help you learn, right? And yeah. you can actually start doing things intentionally and not just uh, – uh, intuitively maybe or yeah. however you want to say it uh, uh, that had to have helped you because it's the same thing in theory at least I understand uh, public speaking versus acting is, is a bit different but um, but how, how did that help you though because I feel like that had to help so much because then you're you probably overcompensate <laughs> yeah. and then you know what I mean like because yeah. that's what my students do but I could see someone being weird about the faces they're making 
in a mm-hmm. movie and then like overcompensating and then finding a balance. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, totally, hugely helpful. Absolutely. I think it's hard to see that if you're not ready to, yeah. you know? Um, and I mean, it could be very, I'm sure anybody listening to this, understandably, it would be, could say, oh, well, actors are so egotistical, so they should love to watch themselves on, you know, or whatever, which that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but, um, I, it, it, it's, it's a, a lot of it for me. And I, I imagine for a lot of actors, because there's definitely a very big overlap between trauma survivors and artists. Um, because there's some need to express something they haven't been, we haven't been able to express or tell stories of people who are, um, have been abused or, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm just like throwing some random ones out, but, um, I think that it's a, it's, it's a protect speaking of, you know, being in psychology together, it's a protected, the the ego isn't always bad, but ego literally protects us. Like it's a protective mechanism and it's healthy you know, to have that. Um, but sometimes the nervous system doesn't know the difference between when, whether something definitely needs protect, it needs to be protected from, or if it's just something that is a trigger or something that we perceive is a danger. Right. Yeah. And that's something that I, I, I had a really, I just couldn't, I, and this is also a great segue into my relationship with my gender and things like that, because I, I mean, I'm, t- I have been, uh, you know, again, like I said, commercials, whatever, like I, but there's something way different about exposing your humanity on screen. That is so vulnerable and I couldn't do it. I had a really hard time with it. I had a really hard time with, number one, exposing anything. I was, my relationship with the camera has been, I mean, just like every self tape, I have to sit in front of it and welcome it into my life. Like I have to be like, (laughs) you know, okay, you're my friend. (laughs) You're not invading me in any way. You're, I'm choosing this. I, this is torture and I choose it <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and I have to really like be, you know, but for a longest time it felt like I was being violated by the camera. And that's a very dramatic thing to say, but that's truly what my body was feeling when I would get in front of a camera. And so what that would do is that would automatically make me perform, which a camera picks up immediately. Right. And yep. that's something I could get away with on stage yeah. was performing. Um, yeah. not to say I've never had an honest moment on stage, like that's not at all what I'm saying, but, uh, for, to do that many, to be on stage for that many plays and musicals or for, I mean, it's been maybe 25 years now and I, to, it's a, it's a lot of unlearning. It's a lot of undoing. It's a lot of, um, you know, that kind of stuff add on to that, um, the industry and the business of it all that you're learning and, yeah, I think for me, as most things, I uh, time. I have a very, very disconcerting relationship with time. <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> I always think I have. It's it's gonna take something's gonna take less time than it does, and then I always blame myself for like not doing something right or enough or whatever. Capitalism, internalized capitalism, uh, and then I don't know. I think I'm getting on a bit of a tangent, but. Um, Transitioning from stage to screen, watching myself on screen, that, like, it used to take me, I remember when I graduated, um, or when I, yeah, and I was doing tapes, and I would take hours, like, maybe three to four hours on one scene, because I would watch myself back, and, I mean, I, I didn't know this at the time, and I'm learning now, it's because of my relationship with my gender, so, again, like, this is where it was helpful to watch myself back because I started feeling like our negative emotions are our roadmap, right? To like find something else, to like learn something about ourselves. And I just remember just being so critical and just not liking what I was seeing. I wasn't pretty enough or I was getting old or, you know, I just like have, you know, we all have these like inner critic things, but I would, 
I was just, I couldn't watch my work and I couldn't, and it was just not good. And, uh, you know, and take hours <laughs> and, and then ruin my week and get in a fight with my boyfriend, you know, whatever. Like it was just such a mess. And, um, I think that for me, it's just taken time, time and repetition, right? Like now yeah. I've gotten to a point where I can do a tape in an hour and that's <laughs> Oh God, it's a lifesaver <laughs> considering how much time and energy you put into the career that you're not pay getting paid for. Right. Um, yeah. And anyway, what, what I think is, I got a little sidetracked, but, but there was definitely, there's something I think in there that answers your question. No, I hope. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like the um, stream of consciousness. I'm okay with mm -hmm. that. Uh, everyone who listens to this show knows that I, I am no stranger to that. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm very good at it. I'm very good at being, I'm just all the things. Anyways. Great. Um, I already forget what I was going to say, so I'm going to jump into this right here. Mm -hmm. So you, you're doing this acting thing now mm -hmm. and you're, you're coaching and all of these things, but as you were moving up, as you were being the person that you've described to us just now, right. And okay. you're growing yeah. into your actor, right? Like yeah. your, your person and uh, you're learning all of these things, you know, I've, uh, watched you go through these big breakthroughs in your life, you know what I mean? And yeah. learning these great things about yourself. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious how, uh, if any, effect, like how did movies affect your desire to act? Because I know that you mm -hmm. said you really started off in theater and that like got you out of the house, that like showed you your love for acting. But did mm -hmm. movies play any effect beyond just you being in them and showing you how much you want to be better? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, so uh, there's so many things I want to say. I hope I don't forget any of them. Um, the first thing that I want to share is that When I was a kid, I don't even remember being able to read or write. I would sit with my mom on our, at our kitchen table and I would dictate to her a script for the Little Mermaid sequel. <laughs> <laughs> or my favorite was Beauty and the Beast for the Beauty and the Beast sequel. Like I would literally like, and I would want to, and I would try to, I would want to, I would put them on and you know, so movies, I mean, from, such a young age impact all of us right but impacted me disney unfortunately <laughs> in some ways yeah. uh impacted me in that way right um so that's the thing well first of all how accessible film and film is tv for audience so like that's something that i didn't i think that i have always been very pulled to like this is this is how stories get in people's hands theater is not nearly as accessible that way. You have to go to the theater. You have, well, I mean, I guess you do that with movies, but you get what I'm saying. It's like, and it's also usually sure. more expensive. And then, you know, I don't know. Yo, yo, yo. Um, and not a, a lot of places have great the, theater. Yeah, not ever a lot since of the pandemic towns, though, speaking yeah. of that real quick, sorry to interrupt you, but no, it's um, okay. like people are releasing movies without the theater. I mean, they always have, but I mean, mm -mm. even more so, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yep. So you make a point. I mean, there yep. there is becoming a like wider gap between theater and Absolutely. film and that experiential aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the magic of theater is that you are in a room with so many people watching the same thing. Like literally, I, I think I remember hearing that there's been scientific, it's been scientifically proven that the heartbeats regulate with each other in a theater. Like literally all of our hearts start beating in this in, in a similar i mean i like to believe that's true if anything <laughs> if it, if it yeah, isn't yeah. you know whatever um but uh the magic of that right is the big picture it's the bigness of it it's the live it's in per oh, it's breathing all the same air which we haven't wanted to do lately right but um and then the magic of film is that you get to see the most intimate moments of yourself reflected on screen but it's like so in it's the intimacy right it's the it's the um it's it's closer it feels closer it feels much smaller even though it's more accessible to more people there's a 
a, a privacy about it that feels very, um, I think that, that it, 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 in that way, it's so, that's how it changes lives, you know? Yeah. I think um, there's, I think a, a word you could use is there's a different type of, or maybe level of immersion between mm. stage and film, right? Mm-hmm, I'm going to mm-hmm. say different type because you can Absolutely. immerse yourself in theater, but it's very different than the close-ups, the Absolutely. the you know uh, over the shoulder, the wide shot. You know, <laughs> like yeah. having all of these, editing them together, and building yeah. an immersive ex- experience um, in theater. You guys are creating it, and Absolutely. you're doing it in creative ways because yeah. we don't get the close-up. Right. Yeah. We get the same perspective the entire time. And if Mm. I come to the show tomorrow, it might be different. Absolutely. Do you get what I'm saying? So I think and and there's a theater of the mind to Mm. theater. Right. Mm -hmm. Where you can literally have two crates like a piece of shit looking table, um, some plastic food and do a 90 minute play about Mm. this couple fighting. Okay. And. And then you can go home and watch the movie about it or whatever. And that is going to be a different experience because we have a theater of the mind. We hear maybe they play sounds of the city through glass and you're in this little diner and you hear this music. Like there are all these little things theater can do that I would argue movies can't. Right. And that's part of what makes them so great um, or what makes it so great theater. Um, But I love the the that you are making this differentiation because I think a lot of people might not. And it's something mm-hmm. even my father who will listen to this, uh, learned cause he went to, uh, I forget what show he went to first, but he went to the, uh, civic theater in Muncie where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I forget what he was seeing. I don't know if it was Rocky horror or what, cause he mm-hmm. loves Rocky horror. And, um, I don't remember what it was, but he went to see it. And he just fell in love. And now he's like, he's like a, a what do you call it? A, a season ticket holder. You know nice. what I mean? Like he's that oh, guy. Like he that. just loves being Ugh. in it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Even if it's like not great, he's just like, mm. but I just love being here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I just want to like be in this thing. And yeah. I just, I, I, I love that uniqueness to theater, which I'm sure is part of what gravitates you toward it. And I mean, there is a communal experience happening that is different than the kind of perfectly packaged movie experience that we get, right? Absolutely. Now, I love films, so I'm not dissing movies. I'm just saying it's different. Absolutely, yeah. But, like, what, what are some of the movies that you watched growing up and and even now that have kind of changed that... Not only changed the way that you see the medium of film, right, um, but mm-hmm. also that just impacted you in a way... That when you started doing movies or even on stage, like just little things that you have pulled from that just kind of inspired you. Oh, my gosh. Um, You know, so I grew up in a uh, Christian home. Oh, you know what? Oh, my God. My computer's going to (laughs) die. I have to go grab my charger. One minute. Go for it. Go for it. Oh no. Where's my charger? That's your follow up uh, biography. Where's my charger? (laughs) I don't care. All I have to do is write down timestamps. It's fine. I don't care. He's a techie, like super tech, super tech, and I'm not at all. And um, so thank goodness that we have, you know, each other. And um, he, uh, 
I love him. When he finds my chargers and stuff, he like wraps them up and puts them somewhere. But then I'm like, <laughs> where's my <Yeah>. stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Woo. So. Uh, okay. Movies that inspired you. Yeah. So uh, my, I, I had a, I was, I, I grew up in a conservative Christian home, so I didn't have, I had a lot more, um, I didn't have access really, or, uh, experience of films much in terms of like secular, you know, secular films yeah. and stories. Air quotes, um, yeah. everything was, yeah, Christian and stuff. And I, I'm, so I'm trying to think it was definitely later in life that I found some movies that really, um, inspired me. I, I feel like this is pretty cliche and expected, but Birdman changed me in a way. Okay. Um, so? Birdman was, I mean, it, it, it moved me in, in ways seeing the theater in a story being told in the theater through a lens and it was just done so brilliantly. I was just like, it was almost like, I mean, I've never thought about doing anything else in my life, but when I saw that movie, I thought, yep, I'm doing the right thing. This is exact. I, I'm exact. I'm, I'm pursuing what I need to pursue. Like, this is it. I want, that's perfect. It's just that, like, there's just something about it that was just really, and I can't, I, I've honestly only seen it once because I don't want to, I don't need to see it again. That that experience was very yeah. very big for me. Um, okay, so I remember watching this movie called The Squid and the Whale. Oh and yeah. It, it was with yeah Jeff Daniels, Laura Linney, and um, oh god, what's his name? IU grad. Um, I know, I know. Hold on, yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Why did I? Do, why did we Social both just Network. forget this? Yeah, wow. I know. Anyway, um, yeah. Eisenberg, Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse I nailed Eisenberg. It. Yes, okay. yes. Um, we got to meet the other uh, a couple years ago, which was really cool. Um, he was just super chill. But anyway, I remember distinctly Laura Linney. I mean, her performance in that, I think that was my introduction to her as well. Um, there's a scene where she's pulling the skin off of her lips at the mirror. And I remember seeing that and thinking that is vulnerability. It's such a neurotic and, or it could be seen as such a neurotic and like weird and icky, gross, you know, and that, that was kind of part of the point, I bet, you know, cause we all, but we all do these little weird things like that. Right. Yeah. But and it's I also just, a stress response too. You know yes, what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's like, it's great. I, I just saw it and it was just so mortal. <laughs> it's the best way I can think of it because a lot of times when we think of, again, capitalism, you think of the stars and you think of Angelina, you know, the Angelina Jolie's and you know, all this stuff. And it's like, you think of, you see the gowns and the red carpet and, and I just saw that and I thought I want to reveal humanity like that. Oh yeah. And it's interesting because that's the thing I struggle with. Like, I think I mentioned earlier, like, Oh, if only I could just let this be seen on camera, then I think I'll, fucking pop off you know but yeah I, when i get in front of the camera i it's just my stress response is i have to i i, I free i freeze up or i try to control what i'm going through or i um yeah so that's I, it's just something i remember seeing that and just being like wow that is the, pretty badass that's pretty cool, yeah you know does it does it uh, blow your mind when you watch people on screen that just that, like a, a filmmaker will capture maybe a handful of actors mm -hmm. talking in a way that is so realistic and believable and mm. just like raw. Yeah. And then you think these guys are doing takes of this yeah. in front of a camera, having to eat the same shit over and over and over these French fries. They yeah. probably fucking hate them now. Right. Yeah. Like, whatever the thing is, but it comes off so natural. Yeah. I watch yeah. that stuff sometimes, and I'm just like, fuck, how do they not perform? 
Do you get yeah. what I'm the differentiation Absolutely. there? Like, it's just not performative in the least. It is just the most raw thing. And yeah. I think of, I think of, um, I don't know. I was just, I can actually tie all of this in. But you're talking about vulnerability too. It's like, how do people, re like, I mean, sometimes it's probably um, the concept of the vulnerable scene might be from a filmmaker or a screenwriter, but the actor brings it to life, right? Like mm -hmm, that idea. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, did you get to see the movie from last year called Mass? Mm -mm. Dude, I'm telling you right now. Do you know who Ann Dowd is? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Thank, thank the Lord. Okay. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. I, I call, after seeing Mass, which I already loved Ann Dowd, okay? Yeah. But you were talking about Angelina Jolie and how everyone knows, like, the top people. And I said, how do pe how is Ann Dowd not a household name? Yeah. Because she's the best in the biz. She will like, be. Like, I watched, I watched Mass, and I was, like, confirmed. Like, <laughs> you have yeah. to see this movie because it's heavy. It's a heavy movie. Mm. It's about like the parents of a high school mm. shooting and the parents of one of the victims and they choose to instead of going into legal stuff, mm -hmm. you know, with them, they actually just sit down at a table and talk through it and that's the entire film. You just hear wow. their conversation and it's Anne Dowd, dude, and wow. she's awesome. My God, she's the greatest. You have to see this movie. No, I'm gonna I pester will. you about this probably. I'm just letting you know. Good, it's good. the you know, greatest. She she wrote an article that I shared on Facebook a, a couple years ago because she got her breakthrough quite late in her career. Yes, like, and so she's actually it's so great you brought her up because she is an inspiration for me because I every time I think every time and she has I'll, I'll send you the article so you can put it in the show notes. Oh please, and everything. yeah. It's like, I mean, I just, anytime I, I'm like, God, I, uh, uh, this casting director has called me, you know, in this many times and I'm not booking and not even getting a call back. And, uh, and then you just start going into the like, okay, is it my skin? Do I need to get work done? Like you literally just like, just go places. Yeah. Right. And then what stops me many times is and out or like, um, who else? Was it Viola Davis? No, not Viola Davis. Yeah, uh, no, Viola another, Davis is the one I was trying to think of because I'm pretty later sure. Later on in life again. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure she didn't like really blow up and was in fucking everything until like the late 2000s. Yeah, yeah. I so remember when like, Doubt came out. Stuff. Did you see Doubt? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. When Doubt came out, I remember all everyone was talking about is her snot bubbles in her nose. I'm like, are you watching this performance? It's so it. good. That's the thing. But that's the thing. It's just like the lip, the, the pulling of the lips. We all get snot bubbles <laughs> when we get upset. Yeah. Like, Jesus, people. And you know what that is? I think it's that it's the it's the humanity that we don't want to see in ourselves. And those are the people that get upset about it. Because but why are those the they... movies that I love the most? Because <laughs> I'm me. Because, that's the answer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but you know, and there's something, I, yeah. And, uh, oh God. And, uh, Fleabag, Olivia Coleman, um, is also, oh, uh, just the greatest. Mm, oh my God. So Fleabag. And then, um, I forget the name of, I mean, she is a household, should be a household name, um, who wrote it and everything and stars in it. Uh, that was a show also that was like, oh my God, <laughs> Yeah. This is the storytelling. Like this is the storytelling I'm drawn to, and I'm I, I love. Um, it's again yeah. showing your worst parts, you know. And yeah, um, Phoebe Waller Bridge is the one Phoebe that uh, created that name. show, and uh, she, dude, um, Olivia Coleman's the greatest. I actually I I didn't realize she was one of those people that had seen in a ton of stuff and kept forgetting about, and yeah. then I saw her in The Father, which was just like mm. I think it was in I think it was a 2020 movie maybe, but it got. Got, had like a wide release in 2021 or or vice like maybe it's 2021 to 22 i don't remember yeah. but if you haven't seen the father that's really heavy because anthony hopkins yeah. plays a um uh her father who has uh dementia and he's slowly getting worse and worse and worse and worse mm. and she is the daughter who is uh trying to be the caretaker um wow. and uh it's amazing because sometimes uh, she plays a character named Anne, and sometimes she will 
be played by different actors because her father actually just doesn't recognize her anymore, right? Wow. Um, and I just, but I remember seeing her performance. It was just like, holy fuck, she's so good. Yeah. God, you're Terrible. hitting, you're hitting home runs here. These are great yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. So I had to cut here because uh, our friend Lise uh, basically had signed a non-disclosure agreement, and she told me this story. Um, and we're not sure if we can actually show it yet, so I might add it later if we get the okay. But for now, let me just say this. It's a story about Sean Penn, and it's awesome. That's all I'm saying. But after that, we started talking a little bit more about the toll that living in L.A. and maybe not getting the dreams that you once had, you know, fulfilled. So, yeah, that's the toll it takes. <sighs> like, I absolutely see why people give up. And I'm starting to now actually re, re, uh, re, rewire the thought of it yeah. as not, yeah, not giving up, but releasing and letting go of what you thought it was going to look like. And then I think that's when shit happens, right? And like for me, it wasn't until I started doing this coaching thing and just like, okay, I'm just going to start a business and I'm just going to focus on that for right now. And whatever it wasn't until I started doing that that I started getting like more audition like getting called in more or you yeah. know whatever because it's just like it, it, it affects everything when you are working too hard I remember Brian Cranston came to USC for a Q&A and he was like I got Breaking Bad from he said he was traveling he was in a San Diego hotel and he did the audition on his phone and it was, he didn't have any time to prepare for it. He was in the middle of a convention doing something. I don't know. And, um, he was just saying, Oh no, 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 no. Well, that is true. But the story that I was wanting to tell, he got Malcolm in the middle, uh, when he finally stopped thinking, what can they do for me and what can I do for them? Yeah. What can I bring into the room? What can I give? And that's yeah. it. And that's yep. it. And he said that the next audition he went on was Malcolm and rest is history, you know? Yeah. So the toll it takes, I think a lot of it is not just learning the industry, but learning how to have a mental, mental stability with the industry. You know, my manager always says mental fortitude. Don't get distracted. Don't, you know, mental fortitude. Just keep going. It's a numbers game. So, yeah. um, but I can see how people change, you know, just like, cause it's, it's a lot of talk about burnout, man. It's a lot of work without reward. A, I can't you imagine. really have to want it yeah. and you really have to love it. So, you know, I, I love, I, I think we're going to close on that I because I love the, right. the Brian Cranston line about, yeah. um, like what can I, what can I bring to this rather than what can it bring to me or what can they bring to me? Yeah. Because like I, used to feel the same way like where it was just like all right what is this going to give me or what can i do and then yeah, it really this could has become my like career this could yeah yeah I, I was a musician for so many years i remember and i would like sometimes people would ask me to play with them and i'd be like i'm not gonna get anything out of it like i don't care and now it's like people st just recently someone asked me to play with them or something and i just thought like what could i bring to this thing Mm. certainly not enough and i turned it down you know what i mean like i just i just know i this will not be mutually beneficial mm. you know what i mean like this yeah. won't be the thing uh that we want it to be and um yeah. it's not like a giving up or not giving things a chance because i've done that plenty i still do uh but it's more about um just kind of knowing what you do and maybe mm. maybe you try out for something that you really want and you realize you know what i'm just we're not going to be a good fit and you just let it go and that's yeah. okay right yeah I think that's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lisa, I gotta have you I gotta have you back on. We gotta we gotta we gotta keep talking about these movies. We gotta do this pride movies thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I would I, love we, that. We gotta do that. Anyways, yeah. uh Lisa, tell tell people like is there anything that you have going on that they can do or yeah, or yeah. find you places or like yes. what's going on? Uh you can find me on Instagram at Lisa underscore Ermel. Um you can find me, well, my, you know, my website, uh, lisaermel.com. 
Um, I'm on Facebook, my Facebook, my, my business, my coaching, um, my private practice is called the virtual studio. Um, so I coach singing, I coach movement for actors, um, or speech people who give speeches, like, and feel really uncomfortable in their body. I give, uh, and then I do some yoga instruction as well. Um, I am writing a, uh, my partner and I are actually writing a web series. And, um, so that's something that, you know, if you follow me or join my mailing list, uh, you can keep up on, um, a blog that I'm working on as well, that I'm going to release soon a, a blog slash blog, um, fusion. Um, I think that's and, all and I you do a lot of, of these right lessons now. and stuff. You do the, mm-hmm. some of this online too. Yeah. It's all on. Actually, I mean, most of it is online. I work with people across the country, so yeah, um, have yeah, and I have this whole audio setup and, and everything. So I, yeah. I and I really love it. So, um, yeah. I'm well, it to sounds think great. If anything else? That's it. Yeah, I can think of. I'm hyped. I love that we got to reconnect with this. Me too. We're doing this again. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Great. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. That was my conversation with Lisa Ermel. I finally learned how to say your last name after knowing her for, what, uh, 15 years or something? Good God. But anyways, uh, it was so fun kind of reconnecting and talking with her and and uh, discussing uh, what like the business and acting and, and uh, all of those fun things. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it and just got something out of it. I mean, it was kind of a non-traditional episode, but we have all kinds of people on here all the time. So we, we, we talk about wrestling. Remember those times? Goodness, that was awesome. But anyways, it's so fun having guests on like Lisa. Very excited to have her back again next week. The plan is to do a celebration uh, episode, a memorial episode, if you will, of James Conn. We're going to pick a couple of titles, break those down for you, give our thoughts. And also, uh, you know, Lisa's going to come back on in a couple weeks uh, once we get that scheduled in. And uh, we're going to do something on Pride. Uh, again, I know that we missed Pride Month. I dropped the ball on that. I fucked up. That's me. Uh, but you know what? You can celebrate Pride any time of the year so that's exactly what we are going to do and we're going to talk about films made by uh made for made about depicting uh people within the pride community uh this could be anything like Gus Van Sant's Milk um or or even the original um the uh, Times of Harvey Milk documentary you know things like that just as one example since uh uh, Lise brought up uh Milk But anyways, uh, lots of fun. Looking forward to it. Uh, I hope you guys stick with us. We love you very much. So, hey, everybody, thank you so much. Have a good day. Good night. Good luck. Take it easy.